0: Hey, listen, uh, we are going to hit the pause button today on our series in Galatians. We're going to be in Galatians for a brief moment, but we're going to hit the pause button for a second for, on our series in Galatians. And honestly, I'll tell you the story. I was I was sitting, uh, I usually do sermon prep Monday and Tuesday, and really Wednesday, I solidify what I feel like God's going to have me say, and I write it on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, or Friday or Saturday, as Lynn knows, because I have to send him my notes, and so every once in a while on Saturday morning he'll say, "Not rushing you." If God hadn't spoken, that's fine. But if you don't have the notes to me by noon, you'll be have you'll have no notes. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I was I was working in my office on Tuesday, and um, I just didn't feel like that it was going to be possible for me. Uh, to not address uh, the uh, what's going on in our society today. I wasn't going to say anything about it. I was just going to kind of, you know, because I don't like really to do political things, and this really isn't political at all. It's actually biblical. It's not political. But I don't like doing those kind of things. But I do want to talk about that a little bit today, and that's what the message is going to be about today. I want to talk about the church's role and exactly what's going on. Everyone here has turned on the news, has heard a report, or has... Um, has seen what the images that we saw, especially the images of last Saturday, uh, just eight, eight days ago, the images of people who were clashing and who were, um, who, who were uh, really violently hurting one another uh, in the streets of Charlottesville. And I want to talk about that today. Um, and I really hope I don't offend anyone today. That's not my intentions at all. I really feel like... That this is what God would have me say, and I also feel like it is the biblical response to exactly what we're seeing, and so I hope you take some notes. I hope you listen. I hope you, hopefully, we have a new board. I hope it records today. If it does, you can go back and listen to it, and, uh, but I hope to help you out, because you may be sitting there thinking, I have no idea how to respond to this. I don't know what to do, and I want to talk to you about it today. I saw the, the 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 what happened on Saturday uh, a week ago, and I also saw the response from our president, and. I saw the response from the president on Saturday. Uh, I felt it kind of fell short, but that's just my opinion. And on Monday, I felt like he really made major headways. And on Tuesday afternoon, I'm sitting in my office writing my sermon. And I like to keep the news on a little bit, on mute, just to see what's going on. And anytime there's anything major, I'll click and I'll listen. And I saw him giving a press conference. And I have to be honest with you and tell you, I was very, very, very disappointed in the, uh, in, in the overall uh, tone of the press conference you know, here's the thing I want you to know, and I'm going to try to stay out of the way of what God wants to say, but I will tell you this, um, there, uh, and, and listen, I know there's, I know there's, uh, quote unquote, bad people on both sides uh, of, the, of the equation, but let me say this to you, um, on last Saturday in Charlottesville, um, there were only bad, uh, there, there, were, there were good people uh, out there too. There are only good people on one side, though. I want to tell you that, and I want to tell you that, and tell you that I believe that. I believe God believes that as well. Because let me tell you something. Whenever, whenever, I, I was talking to a friend this week, and I said, here, let me, let me give you an example. I said, if I'm, if, if, if I'm decided I'm going to go to a rally, and I go to the rally, and, and I just so happen to be walking toward the rally. And all of a sudden, a bunch of white supremacists, people who hate God and hate, hate other people. If I'm there and I see Nazis and people holding flags and holding all kinds of stuff, if I'm there and I'm part of that group, can I tell you something? I'm leaving that group. Are you with me? I'm going and getting in the Jeep, and I'm driving straight as far away as possible as I can from that group. That's what I'm going to do. It's exactly what I'm going to do. So I appreciate the clapping. It's pretty awesome. I know, right? And I'm like, cool. I feel like, who's that pastor that every time he says something really cool, everybody claps? Is it John Hagee? I feel like John Hagee. And he always goes, brother! And he hits the stuff. So maybe I should say that. Brother! Anyway, listen, guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. And and, and I'll I'll share a little bit about my heart uh, about this kind of stuff. No, I'm not some kind of flaming liberal. Anybody that knows me knows I'm pretty much the opposite. All right? No, I'm not some kind of wackadoo. No, I'm not some kind of someone who, who sympathizes with this or this or this. What I am is I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. All right? And I want to say something to you. At some point, at some point, we have to draw a line and say, you know what, I don't care if there's an R or a D behind someone's name. I don't care, I don't care exactly who or what or how they won or whatever else. I'm going to stand on what's right and what's wrong. And when we as followers of Christ don't stand on what's right or what's wrong, I'm starting to sound kind of preachy, but when we don't stand on what's right or what's wrong, when we don't do that, history shows That horrible things happen. And so today what I want to talk, so I probably ticked some of you guys off already. That's okay. We'll go to lunch. You buy. And uh, I'll explain my point. Uh, But listen, I do want to talk to you guys today. And you may be thinking, well, how is he getting all this? Well, I'm going to show you today how I get all this and what God really has for me uh, to say today. Listen, I support our leader. The Bible says that we are to support those in government and to pray for those, and I do both of those things. I support our leader. I support everyone in the cabinet. Let me tell you something. The direction they go is the direction we go as a country, and we have to make sure we have them prayed up, supported up, and everything else, and I do support that. On this one incident in last Tuesday, I think he went off the rails a little bit, and I think that he's probably trying to get back on the rails, but I've been praying for him every day since, and I hope you do, too. Hey, listen, we are a great country. We're a great country of laws and a great country of great leaders. We really are. On both sides, we really are. But let me tell you something. We have to decide as the church what we're going to do. And today, I hope to help you see that. I want to, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter three. There's going to be some scriptures up behind you. Galatians chapter three and verse 28 says this. All right, here's what it says. And it's really ironic, you guys. Here's the ironic part about this. The ironic part about this is that we're in the book of Galatians. And I don't want you to miss this. We have been talking about the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is a book about racism. That's what it's about. It's a book about racism. Because here's why. The book is this. The Jewish people wanted the Gentiles, two different races, they wanted the Gentiles to act a certain way. They wanted the Gentiles to act a certain way, and they said, hey, listen, you are going to act this way, or you're not going to get the privileges of being saved. And Paul says, no, that's not right, because God accepts everyone, and it, all that matters is Jesus. That's why the series we've been going through is called Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's what the series is called, because Jesus plus nothing equals everything, it doesn't matter if you were circumcised or not is what Paul says. It doesn't matter that you follow these laws or these rituals. As a matter of fact, those things have passed away. The new has come and Jesus is the one that saves. He is the fulfillment of it. And so it's a book about racism. It really is. 328 says this, it says there is no longer there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. And I love this. And I want you to get this in your brain. For you all, say all with me, all. all. I think that Hagee guy does that too. Say all with me. For you all are one in Christ Jesus. You're all one in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter, I think it's Philippians I want to go to. Philippians chapter three, no, it's First John chapter four. First John chapter four says this, verses 20 and 21. It says, whoever claims to be, whoever claims to love God, Yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. Whoever whoever claims to love God but hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot possibly love God who they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. What is the church's response? How do we deal with this? I think I've figured out a few of the issues that come just from being a pastor for the length of time I have and just from living in what I would call the Bible Belt for as long as I have, and I want to go over some of those today with you. The first thing is this, and I want you to hear this. As a a Jesus follower, our citizenship is now in heaven first. I want you to get that. When you decided to follow Jesus Christ... The moment that you gave your life over to Christ, that moment, you immediately became a citizen of heaven. My brother has two daughters, one that he adopted from Ethiopia. Hallie is, she, her whole personality would fill this whole room and it would be busting at the seams. And some of you guys have met Hallie. Hallie has a huge personality. And here's the amazing thing. The moment, the moment that she touched her foot on American soil, she became an American. The moment that the plane landed and she walked off the concourse, she became an American. The same is true for you and of me. We are citizens of heaven first and Americans second i want you to hear that now listen i love me some hashtag america so much so that my watch is an american flag amazon 1499 <laughs> right there i do i love i love America. I love everything America stands for. I love the Statue of Liberty. I love going to Washington, D.C., like some kind of wonk and walking around for days and 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 reading monuments of Lincoln and Jefferson and so on and so on. I could spend a month in Washington. My wife would leave me after about two weeks and we would divorce, but I would be a divorced man walking around in Washington because I love it. I have a passion for what America stands for. I have a passion for what America was founded on. I really do. But here's the situation. A lot of us, a lot of us as followers of Jesus have forgotten that we are are citizens of heaven first and we are Americans second. We are. We're citizens of heaven first and America second. I want to read for you Philippians chapter 3. Verses 17 through 20, and I hope we have that up here. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about the shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. And here it is. But we are citizens of heaven. Can you back that up a little bit, Lynn? They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. And they brag about shameful things. And, this, and they think only about life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly awaiting his return as our Savior. A lot of us have forgotten as followers of Jesus. And hey, listen, I, I don't, I don't want to offend you guys, but here's the deal, all right? You don't have to follow Jesus if you don't want to. If you feel so strongly about, about, about a country or a philosophy or an idea, I want to encourage you to go and do that if you want to. I'm talking to people that want to follow Jesus. That's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to people that actually want to follow what Jesus said. And here's what he said. You and I are citizens of heaven first, and Americans or whatever other country you're from second. In Jesus's day, there were these guys called zealots, And there was a guy in his discipleship. Now, think about this for a second. There was a guy who was one of his disciples, and he was a zealot. You know what a zealot was? A zealot was someone who was so ticked off that Rome Rome had taken over their area that they wanted to overthrow the local government and establish their own government. And they were zealots, and they would go, and they would march, and they would get fired up. And lo and behold, Jesus found a zealot in his midst. He even called him to be one of his disciples. And he taught him over a three-year period that they are citizens of heaven first. And they are citizens of that country second. As a follower of Jesus, the Bible says that we are to put on a new nature. Here's what it says in Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. I know I'm being a Bible thumper today. But Colossians chapter 3 says this. It says... Put on your what? put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be holy people, He loves, you must clothe yourself with what? with tender-hearted mercy. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankfulness. And whatever you do or say, here it is, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God be the Father. When you're on social media, you're not doing it to be a representative of the Democratic Party. You're not doing it to be a representative of the Republican Party. When you're on Facebook, you're doing it to be a representative of Jesus Christ. That is, if you want to be a follower. Now, if you want to be a church member, if you want to be someone who comes and hangs out in church and warms a seat or a pew or whatever, do what you want to do. All right? That's on you. People that follow Jesus, though, recognize that their citizenship is in heaven first. And whatever comes down from heaven is what they do first. It's what they do first. A lot of us were taught, like I was, like I was, a lot of us were taught that certain people were different from us and were less than us. We were taught that. We were taught by, and, we were, I, and my dad didn't sit down and say, now, son, let me teach you about the African-American and the Hispanic, you know, and, and someone from Portugal and someone from Germany. Let me teach you about all these people. He didn't do that at all. But through my grandparents and great-grandparents and aunts and uncles and jokes and comments and innuendos, all those kind of things, I was taught something that was a lie. It was a lie. Do you know how I low it was a lie? Because Jesus said it was a lie. And I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm going to listen to what his word says. It was a lie. Our very nature, that is who we are. That's who you are in the car when you're driving to work. That's who you are at home when you're watching TV. Your nature should be a reflection of who Christ is. And I want to say something to you today. And I say this with love, and I say it with a, literally with a tender heart. I'm, I'm being serious because it breaks my heart. I'm going to say this today. If you're more worried about your heritage than you are about people all around you going to hell, you're probably not following Jesus close enough. If you're more worried about some statue than you are of the people going to hell around you and hurting around you, you're probably not following Jesus close enough because let me tell you something. Jesus didn't worry about all those things. He had one focus, and his one focus is is to make disciples and for them to make disciples and for them to make disciples and for everyone to come to the cross. Everyone. Your citizenship is first, number one, in heaven, and second, in America. And the next thing is this, is that Jesus died for all people from all races from every part of the earth. He died for all races and all people and every part of the earth. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. The ground, you guys, at the cross is level. Are you with me? Are you with me? The ground at the cross is level. It's level. There is no one person better than the other. From the king to the beggar, from black, white, yellow, whatever, the ground at the cross is level. I want to tell you something you may not know. Jesus was hated by the church when he came. Did you guys know that? Jesus was hated by the church. You know why he was hated by the church? Let me tell you why he was hated by the church. He was hated by the church because when Jesus came, when Jesus came, he actually, he actually went out to the very people that the church despised. He went out to the tax collectors that were ripping off the people. He went out, listen, he went out to the zealots that were trying to cause a civil war. He went out, he went out to the people who were less than. He went out to, and here, he went out. There's a story, this is a cool story. There's a story in the scripture. What they would do as Jewish people is they would go around Samaria. I want you to hear that. They would go around Samaria. You know why? Because Samaria were people were another race and they didn't love them. They didn't love them at all. Matter of fact, they hated them. He would go, they would go around Samaria. And so there's a text in the scripture that talks about a Samarian woman. All right, you remember that? The woman at the well, you remember that? You may not know this. The woman at the well was shocked to see Jesus, not because he was a man and talking to her. He was shocked. She was shocked to see Jesus because Jesus wasn't supposed to be there. Because the Jewish people would go around there. They would take the long way home so they wouldn't have to go through Samaria and encounter those people. You know what Jesus did? Guys, we're going right through. Come on this way. As a matter of fact, not only we're we going through. Guys, you guys go into town. I'm going to hang right here by the well. And so the lady came up and she was like, sir, you're you're a Jewish person and I'm a Sumerian woman and why are you talking to me? And you're a man and I'm a woman. And oh my gosh, you know, all this. Listen, the lady was at the well. You know why she was at the well? Because she has loose morals. She had no morals. He said five husbands and the person you're living with right now is not even your husband. No one talked to her. They would get up in the morning time and go to the well when it was really cool in the morning. You know, like you do here in Georgia when you have to mow your yard. You know what I'm saying? You don't do it in the middle of the day. You do it in the morning time. They would get up really early in the morning. And they would go as a group of ladies. And they would all go up to the well and get the water for the day. But the Samaritan lady, you know what she did? She went at noon. It was in the hot time of the day. And she came by herself. Why? Because she'd been outcast. That's why. She had been outcast. The church people did not like Jesus at all. At all. It's amazing because Jesus chose his disciples and he chose a tax collector. A tax collector, someone who, 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 who had money. you know what they would do? Here's what they would do. If Josh owed me 10 bucks for taxes, I would come up to Josh's house and I'd knock on the door. And i say, Josh, your tax is going to be 40 bucks, bro. And he's like, well, wait a minute. The thing on the thing said 10. Sorry, man, that's all I know is 40 bucks. And there'd be a guard standing beside him. And he, they'd be like, uh, you don't want to pay it? And he'd give them the money. They'd take 30 and put it in their pocket and 10 and give it to Caesar. That's what they would do. They, were, they literally were robbers. The tax collectors were robbers. Jewish people hated them. Jesus wanted one of them to be his disciple. He also told another one to come down out of a tree. I'm having dinner at your house tonight, Zacchaeus. Isn't it amazing the children's stories we learn, and we don't know the full depth of what's going on, but Jesus was not liked. You know what Jesus said? He said, listen, I don't care if you're a Samaritan woman. I don't care if you're a leper. I don't care if you're demon-possessed. I don't care if you're a Gentile. I don't even care if you're a Roman centurion. I will help heal Your body, and I will help heal your soul. And no matter what the church says, I will be there for you. And that's exactly what he's calling us to do as well. Those things that you feel deep in your heart are part of your old nature, you guys. They're part of your old nature. And listen, I'm just as guilty as you are. That old nature flares up sometimes. It's part of your old nature. And I want to tell you something. Jesus wants no part of it. He wants you to become holy. He wants to come and have a relationship with you so that you can draw near to him and have his perspective because you're citizens of heaven first. It's amazing the people he chose. It's amazing. And he came and he said this. He said, listen. I want you to know something. The good news is for everyone. The good news is for everyone. And we as followers of Jesus. Hear what I said? As followers of Jesus. I'm not talking about churchgoers. I'm not talking about people that came this morning for their feel good. I'm talking about followers of Jesus. We as followers of Jesus have the responsibility to reflect who he is. Because that's what his word says that we're to do. You died to yourself. Are you with me? You died to yourself. You chose to do that. You chose to do that because you said, God, the way I'm living my life is not good enough anymore. I can't do this on my own. I need someone to come and save me. And you asked him into your heart, and you committed your life to him, and you gave up, you gave up that old way of life that was sending you to hell. Let's be honest. And you said, I'm going to follow you. And if you said that, and you meant that, I'm trying to tell you what he would do in this situation. And here's the third and final point. And you guys are going, thank God. I hope he shuts up. The church's response should be to rise up. Are you with me? It's amazing. I watched tons of news this week. I usually don't watch a lot of news, but I watched tons of news this week because I wanted to see about the situation. I heard from Democrats, and I heard from Republicans. I heard from independents. I heard from neo-Nazis on the TV. I heard from the radical group Antifa. I heard from people that were racist, and I heard from people that were not racist, and I heard from civil rights leaders. Guess who I heard nothing from? The church, the preachers. Nothing. Nothing. I even went out and looked. I went and searched for people. And I found two preachers that are well known that would have the backbone to say something. And they actually said a little bit, but it was vague. It was vague. Guys, the church has a bad history. I want you to hear this. The church has a bad history on this issue. Literally, 120 years ago, from a pulpit just like this, except it was probably wooden, in a stuffy room in a church somewhere, who knows where, there was a preacher, and he stood and told you and me, if I would have been there, Slavery is biblical. That's what they said. The church, the church said slavery is biblical and owning slaves is biblical. That's what they told them. And they pounded on the pulpits and they did it year after year after year after year. And they took scriptures and they twisted it. Who else do you know that took scriptures and twisted it? Satan took scriptures and twisted it. When he tempted Adam and Eve and when he tempted Jesus himself we see him take a scripture and take a word of God and twist it a little bit for his own use and that's exactly what the pastors did back then whenever the civil war was over they changed they changed their tone you know what they said then it is not biblical for people to be together from different races that's what they said they said that separation is what God says it's not biblical That's what they said. I want to tell you something you probably didn't know. (coughs) And Lord knows they've done a lot of great things since. Do you guys know why the Southern Baptist Church, the Southern Baptist Convention is called the Southern Baptist? Do you know why that is? Before 1835, the Southern Baptist was cooperative. It wasn't called Southern Baptist. It was just Baptist. And they had missionaries. They had missionaries that would go all over the country. And back then, the real missionary part was in, the, in, the, in the, uh, the western part of Tennessee, Arkansas, all those areas, and it had started moving out more west. They had missionaries. And the church got together as a whole and made a rule. They said, if you, they, because they had really felt like God was telling them the truth, and they said, if you, if you, if your church or you are you yourself believe that slavery is biblical— you can no longer be missionaries to to these people. We believe that the church and the Bible states clearly that slavery is a sin and that treating anyone any less than anyone else is a sin. Paul calls it favoritism. And guess what? All of those churches in the South broke away from that organization because of slavery. That's why. Why? That's why we have, that's one of the reasons we have the Southern Baptist. You may not have known that, but that's what happened. It was over the issue of slavery and racism. And it wasn't until the 90s, no, not the 1890s, the 1990s, it wasn't until the 90s when they apologized for that fact. A hundred, think about that, a hundred and sixty years to apologize for that. We have a bad track record on this. The church has a bad track record on this. I, was, I, I wasn't raised in a church, and so I went to a Christian church that was in the middle of my town in Jackson. I was 18 years old. I was a senior in high school, and I had a friend of mine who I was really close friends with. She was a great person. She still is a great person today. And she, I invited her to come. To, I wasn't even saved. I was doing that. I wasn't even saved in inviting people to church. I invited her to come to church. I said, won't you come to church? No, no, I'm not coming to church. I said, why not? Well, where do you go to church? I said, I go to the Christian church. She goes, oh, you mean the white church on the hill? Now, it is a white church on the hill. I mean, I don't know what to say. It's white, and it's on a hill, and it's right in the middle of town. I said, yeah, yeah, I go to the white church on the hill. She said, no, I'm not going to the white church on the hill. I said, why? She said, because it's the white church on the hill. She was an African-American. I was like, listen, girl, you don't get it. You don't know these people. You don't get it. Week after week, me and a couple other people tried to convince her to come to church with us. She finally did come to church with us. She'd been there about 15 minutes when one of the old ladies looked at another old lady and said loudly, what is that N-word doing here? That's what she said. She turned around and left, and Monday she said, I told you. And I said, you told me. Listen, I heard, let me tell you about her too. She hadn't been back to church since. She hasn't. Honestly, she's an angry person. Even today at 46 years old, she's an angry person. You can see it on her Facebook post. She's angry. I think she's got a little bit of to be angry about, to be honest with you. Church failed her. We failed her. They failed what they were supposed to be doing. You know, I have, a, I have a friend of mine that told me a story. I couldn't believe this. In the early 80s, he wanted to get married, and he did get married. And he, uh, he went, and he was going to, uh, he was gonna, you know, have the wedding at the church and everything. And his best friend was an African American, and he wanted him to be his best man. This Bible-believing church in 1980 something told him, "Well, you can have the wedding here, but he can't be a part of it." We have a poor track record on this issue. And the time has come for us to rise up. And I'm not saying rise up if you just come to church here. And if you're not following Jesus, you can do whatever you want to do. But the word of God says that we are to love everyone unconditionally. The word of God says that we're to speak. Listen, hear this. We are to speak out when we see people being treated unfairly on both sides. We are to speak out. We are to point other people, you guys, to Jesus. We are to overwhelm people with mercy and with grace. We are to shelter those people who have no shelter. We are to provide coverage for those people. And here's the thing, especially the ones we don't agree with. How can you love you don't love your brother or sister how can you love God if you don't you can see your brother and sister who do you think Jesus would want you to love more someone that you see every day and has the same beliefs as you or someone who told you totally disagree with but is lost I think you and I both know the answer to that we are still to be a city on a hill And this next last week, the church has not been a city on a hill. We're supposed to be a place of hope. We're supposed to be a place of healing. We're supposed to be a refuge for people. Now, listen, I'm not saying we don't tell them the truth. I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm going to tell them what God's word says. I'm not going to bend on what God's word says. This thing is my final authority. I'm not going to bend on that. But I am going to love them enough to invite them in and love them enough to be a refuge for them and love them enough to put myself on the back burner for them, for them to see who Jesus is. How in the world did you know Christ? How did you get saved? How did you come to know Jesus? Was it a mother who showed you who Jesus was through her actions? Was it a father was it a friend? Was it a pastor? How, who was the one that showed you the overwhelming love and mercy of Christ so that you said, I don't know what it is, but I've got to accept that? Who's the one? Why don't you be that for someone else? Why don't you be that person of someone you don't agree with? Why don't you spend some time off of social media and on your knees saying, God, change me. Change who I am, change what's inside of me, change what I was taught. Let me be more like you. I had a great opportunity this past week to speak at a place called I Fifty Eight Mission. I Fifty Eight Mission is a ministry in Sonoy, and what they do is is they house they they house this merchandise, they house like they house washing machines, dryers, on and on, man. Food. All kinds of stuff. And I I was able to go and speak there. And I'm going to tell you what. It was the church. No. They didn't have a cool website or an app. They didn't have. They had a Facebook page. That's pretty much it. But you know what it was? It was the church. It was. It was a lady whose heart is overflowing with Jesus onto other people and she don't care what color they are she didn't ask them who they voted for she didn't ask them if they liked trump or not or if they liked hillary or not or who they liked you know what she did she saw someone that was hungry and she fed them she saw someone that needed clothing and she gave them clothes She saw someone. I literally went, I literally, I was supposed to be the speaker, right? So when you're a speaker, you walk in, you speak, and you leave, right? I walked in, she goes, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Put your stuff down over there. There's a guy that needs an air conditioner loaded up in his car. Can you go do it? I was like, Heck yeah, I can do it. And I got to talking to this old man, he didn't have an air conditioner. And right before she said, yeah, can you go do it? I said, yeah, I'll go do it. And she said this. She said, because him not having an air conditioner is unacceptable to me. What is unacceptable to you? What is unacceptable to us? My prayer for real church is for one day for us to reflect who Jesus is in such a way there's, there's not just a bunch of white people in here, but that will reflect what heaven's going to be and who Jesus is. We're still to be a city on a hill. What's your response? Radical mercy and grace, radical love. let go of everything else and seek first the kingdom and righteousness and everything will be added to you let's pray lord god who man your word lord just blows me away it it, it is so challenging to me it's so convicting God, sometimes it reflects things in my very soul that I despise. And I cannot get it out. But I've learned, God, that when I turn it over to you and I let you be who you're going to be, I've learned, God, that you come in And in those dark places where only you can go, you begin to make me pure, not because of me, but because of you. God, let the church rise up. Let the church be, let us here at Real Church be that real church loving other people. giving other people grace and mercy, especially, especially those we don't agree with. God, our children are watching. Let us be examples for them too. In Jesus' name, amen.